1: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Wherever you're watching or listening to our radio program, Shortwave, welcome. We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. This is a live audience, even with a child. <laughs> uh, so, just in case you hear something. But I have with me missionary John Bulinda. He comes from Kenya, and God sent him here over 10 years ago. So once again, enjoy. John, welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Hanson. Praise the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a great joy to be here. The first time I came was my first time with my wife Mary the best gift one can get from the Lord. Amen? Amen? Because the Bible says he who gets a wife gets a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. So I really thank God for Mary, my wife. I came with her today. And those of you who don't know her, who are not here, when we came for the first time, you'll meet her. She's so graceful. You'll love her. Amen? Amen? So today I'm so honored to again come to this place. But this time the Lord gave me a word to minister to you and to the world. The word is titled, The Issue of Blood. Before I go ahead, I would like to pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak your word as you said and you led me to have it. Holy Spirit, as it was earlier prayed, I ask that you be the one ministering, but I be a vessel. I offer myself fully to you, Lord, that you have your way, So that I'll speak your word as you gave it to me, without fear and intimidation, for the fear only of God, in Jesus' name, amen. So my name, as my brother said, is John Abondi Bulinda, and I'm from Kenya, I've been here since August of 2013, and the Lord specifically sent me to the United States, so I can pray And when opportunity arises, to speak to the Church of the United States to turn back to God. Because America has turned away from God. So yesterday as I woke up in the morning, it was on the 24th of February, the Lord led me to pray for my fellow citizens in Diaspora and my country Kenya. That we be wise in elevating leaders who honor the Lord with humility more than with mere words and whose worship of the Lord is more than a campaign stunt. And the Lord said to me, if you pray for your nation to do that, then you'll prevent your nation from growing or developing in out without the Lord being in it. And also, The Lord had shown me a baby, a young boy, who was naked but has a plastic cup and the stomach was swollen. And that is a sign of marasmus, malnutrition. So I asked the Lord, what do you mean by this? And he said, this is what your nation is going through right now. So after praying for my, okay, then malnutrition, then ignorance, illiteracy, Poverty and disease, those are the things that the Lord said if we do pray, he will save our nation from incurring them. So after praying for my nation of Kenya, I asked the Lord then, what would you like my sermon to the world or through the World Ministries International be? And the Lord said to me, your sermon shall be the issue of blood. So that is the title of my message today, and it is from the book of Luke chapter 8. For those of you who have your Bibles, I carried mine with me. Luke chapter 8, and from verse 40 through 48. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 through 48 is the key scripture that the Lord gave me. The Bible says, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, The people gladly received him, for they were waiting for him. And behold, there came a man whose name is Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. Maybe it was the equivalent of a pastor today. And he fell down at the feet of Jesus and besought him that he would come to his house. Verse 42 says, For he had only one daughter, who was about 12 years of age, and she was lying down, dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. There were so many people closing to Jesus. And the woman, having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could she be healed of any. (laughs) She came behind him and tucked the border of his garments and said, If I touch the garments, I'll be healed. And immediately her issue of blood stanched, stopped. Verse 45. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter said that there were Master, there are so many multitudes here that are pressing upon you. How do you say who attacked me? And Jesus said, Somebody has attacked me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, fell down before him, and declared unto him before all the people for what cause she attacked him, and how she was healed immediately. The last verse, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort, because your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. I have been led by the Lord to read this scripture, from verse 40 especially, because Jairus, which means, Jairus is a Hebrew name, It means God enlightens. So God uses Jairus as one of the leaders. And he had only one daughter who was about 12 years old. And she was lying down dying. And Jesus went and pressed on as the people were pressing. He came to her and was asking for Jesus to come to his house. Why is this verse important in the Bible? It is because two women were in dire need of help. The first, who was Jairus' daughter, was on the verge of her womanhood. Girls begin their womanhood generally or on average at age 12. That's when they start receiving Their young adulthood, their ability to become women, begins at age 12. So she was on the verge of just her being a woman, and yet she's lying on the bed to die. The second woman, whose name we were not given, had the issue of blood. She had spent all that she had on physicians, but to no avail. Both Jairus, who was the father of the daughter, and the woman who had the issue of blood, had lost their hope. But both of them found only one hope, and that hope was in Jesus, the great physician. Why is Jesus called the great physician? In the book of Mark chapter 2 and verse 17, Jesus came to cure the sick, and the poor in spirit, and to heal our souls, and most importantly, to restore our relationship with God. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 31, the Bible says, And Jesus answered them and said, Those who are whole do not need a physician, but those who are sick. In Mark chapter 5 and verse 30, Jesus realized that power had come out of him. He turned around the crowd and asked, who tucked me and who tucked my clothes? His disciples, remember, asked him, you see the people are crowding against you and yet you can ask who tucked me? The woman fell at Jesus' feet and told him the whole truth as she trembled with fear. And Jesus told her, your faith has healed you, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. In Matthew's account, the servant of God, Matthew chapter nine and verse 18, Jairus was a ruler in the synagogue. When he came to Jesus and worshiped saying, my daughter is even now about to die. In fact, in the book, in the NIV version, he says, it says, my daughter is even now dead. My daughter is already gone. But come and lay your hand upon her and she shall live. What a faith. What a faith. But what is the irony in Jairus saying that my daughter is dead? In Leviticus chapter 21 and verse 1, the Lord told Moses, to warn the priests, the sons of Aaron, and said, None shall defile himself for the dead among his people, except for his immediate relatives. In other words, what is simply saying, if you are a priest and you have a dead person in your family, it's only you who can be able to go close to them, but not to anybody else who is not your kin. The following verse in Leviticus 21, verse 10 through 11, this, the Bible says, he who is a high priest among his brethren and on whose head the anointing oil was poured and was consecrated to wear the garments shall not uncover his head nor tear his clothes nor shall he go near any dead body nor defile himself for his father or even his mother. Now, how, what do you do when your father has died and you as a high priest are being warned not to even go near them? That was the dilemma that this man had if the daughter had died because as a leader in the synagogue, he would be denied that opportunity. But now, in the story of the parable of the good the Samaritan, as you may remember, Jesus explained why the priest and the Levite passed by the other side Why? To avoid being contaminated by the man who fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, and left him for dead. They knew very well if anything happened, they were not supposed to come close to that body because they would be defiled. The entire book of Leviticus 15 warns against impurities that make both men and women ceremonially unclean. In Leviticus 15 and 25, If a woman has a flow of blood, and I want you to listen to this verse very clearly because that's where this woman falls. If a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to a menstrual period, she is ceremonially unclean as during her menstrual period, and the woman will be unclean as long as the discharge continues. This woman has been therefore unclean for an entire period of 12 years. That's not even enough. Everything that she touches, including her bed that she sleeps on, the chair which she sits on, will be unclean. And if anyone touches these things, they will also be unceremoniously clean until evening. That is how bad it was if anything happened And if anybody touched anything that this woman had contact with. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ not only cleanses us from our uncleanness. But he has spiritual power to heal the sick. To cast out evil spirits. Because Jesus has the power to also raise the dead. He came to delegate those powers to us. Who are we? his church. When Jesus called his 12 disciples in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, the first thing that he said was he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Jesus' authority transcends religious laws and man-made ideas. The reason why the body of Christ, the ecclesia, or his bride, does not have power to cast out unclean spirits and to heal all manner of sicknesses and disease is because, according to Mark Mark chapter 7 verse 8 and 9, we have ignored God's law and substituted it with our own traditions. Jesus even said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own traditions. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law came from Jerusalem for one reason, to fault Jesus, to find fault in him, to look every incident of Jesus' action, they were looking for something to fault him in. So they were coming to fault him about being clean or unclean. In Matthew chapter 15, they asked Jesus, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders. They don't wash their hands before they eat. And Jesus replied them and said, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your traditions. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right, right when he prophesied about you and said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. The things that make man clean, Jesus said to them, come from the heart. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make man clean. And clean according to Matthew chapter 15, verse 16 through 20. Jesus died after he had done his work on earth, and when he died, he had predicted that he would resurrect. And when he resurrected from the dead, he was on earth for 40 days before he went, and we have never seen him, and now we are waiting for his return from that time. After he resurrected from the dead, Since he is the resurrection and the life, he appeared to the eleven disciples where Jesus had appointed them to be. According to Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20, when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. These are not outsiders, his disciples. Some of them doubted what they are seeing. He sat with them, He ate with them, he prophesied about his suffering, about his death, about his resurrection, and now he has resurrected and has come back as he said, and even as he has come, some do not even believe yet that this is Jesus. They doubted. And Jesus came anyway and spoke unto them and said, listen to me, all power is given unto me, in heaven and in earth. So because all power is given to me, now I'm calling you, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I want to conclude my short sermon with a wake-up call to Christians and believers to the reality of the situation that is taking place in the church of Jesus Christ today. The church of Jesus Christ, Christ, like the woman with the issue of blood, is asleep and yet bleeding and needs to be awakened regarding the tyranny that is taking place with many people, both young and old, who are being killed in every nation because of the bride of Christ. And that is because the bride is not engaged in spiritual warfare to save the nations. The Lord Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, called Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the founder of the World Ministries International to faithfully speak to the nations of the world proclaiming the kingdom of God and warning to political and church leaders and the society to turn from sin and to draw to Jesus. The Lord was giving me the burden for my country, Kenya, because when I woke up, he told me, pray for your nation. It's unusual. He sent me to pray for the United States, but this time he told me, I want you to now pray for your nation, Kenya. He told me why. On June 4th and June, I think 20th, 1992, God gave Dr. Jonathan Hansen a word of prophecy for my country, Kenya. Here was the message for the nation of Kenya. The reason why the nation of Kenya is in trouble today is because most of the professing Christians have the knowledge of the word of God, but they do not have a relationship with God. They, like Lucifer, Adam, and Cain, have rejected the knowledge and ways of God and have brought on the consequences of their disobedience. The pastors and the leaders of most churches in Kenya are in reality serving themselves and not Jesus Christ. Instead of teaching the people the ways of God, they are teaching the people by their own testimonies both in the preaching and their personal lifestyles to rebel, to rebel against the teachings of the Bible. I'm so sorrowful in my heart because the message was given 31 years ago. It was not heeded. Kenya is now under judgment. Dr. Jonathan Hansen was given this warning to Kenya during the reign of President Daniel Arapmoy, who is now deceased, is dead. And yet he was the second president of Kenya. During this time, no one heeded the warning. When his 24-year term ended in 2002, the president left his power to President Mwai Kibaki as the third president of Kenya, who ruled Kenya for two terms, five years each. So he was there for 10 years. And during his entire term, no church leader heeded the warning to cause Kenya to engage in a national day of prayer and repentance. While in office, just after he had left office, the first lady, she was called Lucy, Kibaki, died on April 26, 2016, after brief hospitalization in London. She was aged 80 years. The president also died in April, but in 2022, that's Kibaki, he had completed his second term in April 2013 as the third president. The third president, Uhuru Kenyatta ruled for two terms, from 2013 to 2022. During his time as the fourth president, no serious repentance and national prayers were done to heed the prophetic warning from the living God. The current president who is in office right now, William Ruto, took power in a contested election, which is still contested even now, in 2022, and Kenya is now undergoing God's judgment. What did Dr. Hansen warn Kenya about? He said, God is judging Kenya. He said, a spirit of rebellion is sweeping the nation followed by fighting. In his warning, he said, a spirit of drought is sweeping the nation followed by famine. He also said, a spirit of Islam is sweeping the nation followed by riots, and he also said, no this he didn't say, this is what I added this morning, because about three days ago, the Supreme Court of Kenya, which has seven judges, has ruled that the LGBTQ can be registered in Kenya. Some pastors gathered quickly and they went to Jivanji Gardens where the, president, the other leader who is contesting the election had prayers last week on Sunday. And they have said, all pastors, whether you are in a corner, wherever you are, come. Kenya is in problems. We have a president who was interviewed by BBC and he said he cannot allow same-sex marriage in Kenya. And yet, the courts which gave him the authority to rule the country Kenya have endorsed and approved LBTQ to be registered in Kenya. If there is one of the worst abominations that a nation can have is the abomination of making a man and a woman to have both not a relationship but both sex marriages when men and men can marry and women and women can be able to marry. One of your presidents, Obama, when he went to Uganda, he talked to the president of Uganda and he said, hey, can you give the people freedom so that they can be able to exercise their rights? And the president of Uganda told him, if it is help you're giving us, we don't need your help. We shall not endorse LBTQ here. As a matter of fact, I heard that he took two men who said they are lesbians? They are homos, homosexuals, and they're in jail. I don't know how true that is, but that's what I heard. And he said, "You will stay there until one of you gives birth. Then I'll release you." <laughs> when my wife and I came to this nation, one of the biggest worries we had is how America is so blessed, and yet it can turn its back against God. I cry aloud. I Sometimes, I t- when God was sending me, I said, God, why send me to America? It has all the best ways, technological prowess that you can think about. They have sent people to the moon, still spending billions and billions of dollars. So, what shall I tell them? And God said to me, I'm sending you because I still have an agenda with America. I'm not done with America yet. America, this is your chance, this is your opportunity. Is there hope for Kenya? Yes. Again, here's the warning by the servant of God, Dr. Hansen, to Kenya. This is what he said. If you fear God, you must have a change of heart and develop a true relationship with God. In other words, you must be born again. If you fail to hearken to this warning, there there will be fighting even among family, fighting against family. There will be famine. You will be persecuted by another religious group. The nation will lose its religious freedom and the nation will not fully recover until Jesus returns. That's critical. In other words, if Kenya goes out of where it has been, it will never reverse until the Lord Jesus comes again. But if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That is the promise of God to the nation of Kenya if we turn back to him. I want to make a plea, a humble plea to Dr. Hansen. I would like to make a kind plea for your help to enable my wife and I to spearhead repentance, prayer, intercession, and spiritual warfare for both our nation Kenya and this nation of the United States in order to expose the forces that are attempting to replace our republics under the morality of God defined in the Bible with tyranny and ungodly governance. I'm glad he has a ministry of prayer called the Eagles Ministry. And I know when God called us to stand in the gap to pray, he knew he can trust us. And I know God can trust you. So I thank God for those of you in the United States of America who have been faithful to trust him, God, and to follow him and to renounce the ways of God. God has wanted to change this nation for his glory and is waiting on you. I want to finish with a word of prayer as I lift both nations to God and ask for God's forgiveness where we have erred. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come because we have become a faithless and a perverse generation. We have turned away from you, even for the period and the time that you brought me from my country, Kenya, and you led my wife to join with me. Father, we have stood here together, seeking your face and your direction on how we can help the United States and the nations of the world to keep focused on you and to keep faith in you. Eternal Father, we pray for our nation Kenya. We realize the first lady of this nation of America is in Kenya right now. But Lord, I pray that the agenda will have nothing to do with the LBTQ. And that even if it is part of the agenda, it is null and void in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that Kenya shall not become a nation that allows same-sex marriage, but we shall keep to God and maintain the sanctity of marriage as God ordained the nation of Kenya and even called America, although it turned away from him. Father, we repent every sins that we have committed, whether it's through omission or commission, and we ask you to have mercy upon us. I thank you that, Lord, you hear the prayers of the saints. And right now, I pray that Jesus... You'll humble us to turn back to you because that is the call upon your life. I pray for the World Ministries International that God you'll use this ministry to continue doing what you send the ministry to do, to warn the nations and to spearhead the move of prayer because the president of this ministry told me he is crying and praying for 2,000 intercessors for every nation that can help to change the nations back to you, Jesus. We love you and we honor you because you are the author and the finisher. And what we are praying for, we believe you have hearkened, you will hear, and you will answer. Because you are a God who answers our prayers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you, God keep you, and sustain you. Amen. And I want you to understand,
1: we have to have another great awakening. This message, I believe, is very important. It's very timely. If America doesn't repent, literally millions will die. I remember giving that prophecy and getting it to President Moin. It went also a point, a spirit of Islam is sweeping the nation, followed by fighting. They've had lots of fighting. They've had thousands die over fighting over the years. And Islam is trying to take over Kenya. There's many in authority that have sold their birthright, Mm -hmm. if you want to say for a pot of porridge, and betrayed the Christians in Kenya. Yes, Kenya's got to repent. America's got to repent. Because both nations are coming under judgment. 2,000 intercessors in every nation Soldiers of the Cross, if you want to be a part of it, contact my office, 360-629-5248. Also, Eagles Saving Nations. We want to get into the NFL stadiums, the NBA stadiums, civic centers, large arenas. We've got to have another great awakening Mm -hmm. with the power of God coming down as at Pentecost. Pentecost. So where Peter had fear and intimidation, he ran, he hid, he lied. That's what Christians are doing right now. They're afraid to open their mouth. Without an ongoing relationship, without the power of God coming upon their lives, baptizing them in the Holy Ghost, and continually, daily, in that intimacy, moving with more power and authority... We cannot turn back the tide of evil. We're afraid to open our mouth. Mm -hmm. We've got to have the power of God within us so we can go forth with power and authority and lead a mighty revival. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. If we don't speak, there is no repentance. And if we don't speak, only judgment falls. God isn't coming out of heaven to do your job until the battle of Armageddon. Then he'll come out, remove evil governments, put in righteous leaders until that time. If there's going to be peace in any nation, it's up to the church. Mm -hmm. I want you to watch this, the science of judgment. You need to understand the rise and fall of nations In order the book, The Science of Judgment. And then watch Eagle Saving Nations, what we're trying to accomplish in every nation, starting in America, to have another great awakening but all through the nations, all through Kenya, in the stadiums, the arenas. And let God once again touch his church so the church can go
3: forth with power and authority. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hanson has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws, or the rules of design, regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Thank you, and Shalom.
1: This is Jonathan Hanson. I hope you've enjoyed the description of the Science of Judgment. Please order your own copy. Again, telephone 360-629-5248 and order your copy. I also hope you enjoyed John Bulinda, missionary from Kenya to the United States, speaking to you today on... The issue of blood. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this situation is dire in the United States. The Bible is very clear that in the last days, perilous times will come. 2 Timothy 3.1 For men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. 2 Timothy 3.2-4 Jesus asks the question, quote, When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth. Unquote. Luke eighteen eight. Today, like never before in the history of the United States of America, as well as every nation, Jesus Christ is being maligned, ridiculed, and made obsolete. There is a direct attack on Judeo Christian morality, values, and beliefs as atheists, agnostics, Marxist, communist, socialist the New Age Theology, the New World Order, United Nations, European Union, Club of Rome, the Council on Foreign Affairs, the Bilderbergers, the Committee of 300, the Trilateral Committee, Bohemian Grove, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, the Grand Orient Lodge, the Order of Skull and Bones, the World Economic Forum, the G20, the P2 Lodge, the Rosicrucian Order, the Pilgrim Society, Ulta Vista, the Zionist, the Round Table, the Fabian Society, the Knights of Malta, the Inner Religious Peace, the German Marshall Fund, the Cincy Foundation, the Order of St. John of Jerusalem, Royal Institute of the International Affairs, etc., are all working towards destroying the morality established in the Bible and controlling the nations. They are all human puppets, working with the world elite, international bankers, to control the human race, all led by Satan himself, to turn the worship of man from God to himself. They are working to create a new world order, a one world government to control people in every nation. This is a demonic plan hell-bent on destroying individual freedoms and liberties. This is a total Marxist-Communist system directly against Christianity and the Bible. International bankers are making decisions that control nations. Let me make this very clear. The Federal Reserve is not federal, has no reserves. The central banks are actually a criminal syndicate to control mankind. Top leaders of nations are in bed with these criminal bankers that are against the people and are working to enslave populations and murder anybody, including presidents of nations, who truly threaten them. Tribulation Watch Newsletter, August 2020, stated, Some are calling the coronavirus a pandemic. The plan is to destroy the old order, bring us all into the new world order. However, this new order will be nothing like the old freedom-loving America all of us grew up in. No, the new world order will be nothing less than pure communism. The new world order will have total domination, control over all the masses of the world. This will be done through human microchipping and vaccines. Before he died, Hollywood director and documentarian filmmaker Aaron Russo openly discussed his relationship with Nicholas Rockefeller of the Rockefeller family. According to Russo, Nicholas Rockefeller personally told him that the elite's ultimate goal was to create a microchip population. The goal is to get everybody microchipped, to control the whole society, to have the bankers and the elite people control the world. Headline, news by L E O H O M A N N dot. Com. Globus using COVID-19 to usher in UN Agenda 2030, Brave New World, 10 years ahead of schedule. Headline news by Patrick Delaney, executive former Pfizer vice president. Quote, your government is lying to you in a way that could lead to your death. Unquote. April 7, 2020. site News. Dr. Michael Yaden Pfizer, former Vice President and Chief Scientist for Allergy and Respiratory, who spent 32 years in the industry, leading new medicines, research and retired from the pharmaceutical giant with, quote, the most senior research position, unquote, in his field, addressed the demonstratedly false propaganda from governments in response to COVID-19, including the lie of dangerous variants, the totalitarian potential for vaccine passports, and the strong possibility we're dealing with a conspiracy which could lead to something far beyond the carnage experienced in the wars and massacres of the 20th century. There is no possibility current variants of COVID-19 will escape immunity. It is just a lie, he said. He continued, yet governments around the world are repeating this lie. Pharmaceutical companies have already begun to develop unneeded top-up booster vaccines for the variants. Why are they doing this? Since no benign reason is apparent, the use of vaccine passports, along with a banking reset, could issue in a totalitarianism unlike the world has ever seen. Recalling the evil of Stalin, Mao, and Hitler, mass depopulation remains a logical outcome. Ladies and gentlemen, people in every nation are joining Eagles Saving Nations to form a coalition and army of believers in these end times. I want you to join Eagle Saving Nations. Again, the goal, to wake up Christians to the reality of the situation that is taking place in the United States of America. To expose the forces that are attempting to replace the Republic of America under the morality of God, defining the Bible with tyranny, thus communism. To educate Christians in every nation regarding the goals and operations of the forces aligned and associated with a new world order. They are orchestrating one crisis after another throughout the world to move mankind into a world government as described in the book of Revelation. To have leaders, people in every walk of life, in every nation join Eagle Saving Nations and raise up to be a true ambassador of Jesus Christ, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having the power and authority to do spiritual battle to save their nation. To stop the tyranny that is taking place using COVID-19 as an excuse to ignore the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights. To stop the tyranny in other nations that is trying to take away a person's liberties and freedoms, making them subject to control by people with evil motives and goals. To conduct conferences in nations where Eagle Saving Nations has membership. These conferences will be focused on training, strategy, exhortation, Worship, preaching, allowing the glory of God to manifest, with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost, others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to leave the conference encouraged, refreshed, and strengthened with power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people and their nation. Ladies and gentlemen, if you believe that America is in crisis and needs another great awakening, if we're going to survive, you know we need power of God to come down, once again like Pentecost, turning the disciples that were fearful and cowardly and ran for their lives into bold warriors, true apostles that ended up dying for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're attempting to gather groups of Christians who are concerned with the attack on our freedoms and are willing to take a stand against what's happening in our government. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we want to fill the stadiums, NFL stadiums, NBA stadiums, civic centers, churches, venues with people, Christians. And once again, let Pentecost come down just like it did at the time when the disciples turned into apostles, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Peter, the same Peter that had just run, hid, lied, and now filled with a baptism preaching to the same group of people and 3,000 were saved. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit where people go out of those meetings filled with God, the power of God, so they can speak the truth without fear or intimidation because truth takes away deception, prayer brings conviction, and we can have salvation, repentance all through America. Either become a bald eagle, a bald eagle, that is where you pay $22 a month. Or a white eagle, $220 a month. Or a golden eagle, a one-time gift of only $50 for the year. If you don't live in the United States, it's $25 a year. But please join Eagle Saving Nations. Again, a golden eagle, $50 a year. A bald eagle, $22 a month. A white eagle, a month. Again, if you live in any country outside of the United States, $25. Join Eagle Saving Nations today. Let's have a mass, mass outpouring, a great awakening as of Nineveh, where they repented. Judgment stopped as the upper room, where they spread out and saw the power of God sweep that area And so many people were healed, delivered, and saved. May God richly, richly bless you. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and join today. Now, John Belinda will finish the service in prayer. God bless you. Amen. And now, John, I want you to feel led if you want to pray for people.
2: Sure. Amen. I don't know whether you have specific needs, and before that, if there's anybody who needs a relationship with Jesus, because that's where we need to begin. It is pointless for me to pray for you, and then you receive your healing, and you have no relationship with Jesus. I think the first part is to have a close relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So those of you who need it, I'm ready to pray for you. Those who have not given their life to Jesus or want to renew their relationship with the Lord. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he was told, you must be born again. And he was like, how can that happen? The old ways must go. You have to take the new ways. So every time we are renewing our relationship with God, and the Apostle Paul reminds us to renew our relationship with God. So if there's anybody who has any specific need, we just received a phone, call, a phone message, my wife and I, She called me, I didn't answer the call, I think I was driving. She's a very close friend of ours, Kimberly. She sent a message to us that her granddaughter tried to commit suicide. She didn't die, but she said pray for her because she needs Jesus. Suicide is one of the major problems in the United States as it is in Kenya. So if you have a relative or you have a reason that you can want us to pray over a situation like that to break the spirit of suicide, We can also pray for that and the Lord will break it, amen? And if there are any ladies who are here and they have specific needs that they would like to be prayed for, I would request my wife Mary to come and pray for you as well. Because we we are living in critical times, amen? I'll make a general prayer and if there's anybody who needs specific prayers, we can come and we can pray for you together. Father, in Jesus' name, I just want to thank you for this open door to minister to your people. As I prayed, as I started, we are only but vessels, but Lord, you are the light, but you told us and you gave us the authority to become the light of the world, and then you told us to be the salt of the earth. So, Father, when you send us from our mother country, Kenya, to this great nation, Father, we thank you for giving us opportunity to come here, to impart your word, to impact the nations. We are praying for those who are in need. Our sister Kimberly, we pray for our granddaughter who tried to commit suicide. And why are they committing suicide? They have no no meaning in life. They have no relationship with Jesus. So Jesus, we send you to Kimberly's granddaughter right now. And like this woman who for 12 years, even physicians couldn't answer her problem, but she walked and had a relationship by touching the hem of the garment of Jesus. We pray that, Lord, you will be able to touch this young girl like you touched the daughter of Jairus by saying, Talitha Kumi, rise up, and she woke up. So, Lord, you are the resurrection and the life. We are praying for the great awakening of the United States of America. We are praying like you did in Kentucky recently. And for two weeks in a school, revival was experienced. We are asking more of it. We are asking more of an awakening and of your revival. It has begun. Even in Kenya right now, in this spirit of confusion, we are praying to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus of Nazareth to bring revival across the nations. Father, we know we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory to a point where we cannot even stand before your throne of grace and mercy. But you have raised your hands and you have opened them to us. And you have said to us, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. We need the rest, O God. We need to turn back to the good old way that you gave to us in Jeremiah 6.16, because that is where we shall find our rest. We need to hearken to the warning, Jeremiah 6.17, when you said, listen to the blowing of the shofar, the trumpet, because that is the warning. Zopetakaya. Father, we bless you and we honor you. Thank you so much, even for those who are in need of prayer. If there's anybody even who is watching and has a sickness, whether it is cancer or a blood sugar problem, whatever it is, like Jesus did for this woman, and as he resurrected this dead dog, girl, may it happen to you. May he resurrect every part of your body that the enemy has attacked to kill and to bring life in, Jesus. in the name of Jesus. And Father, we know that testimonies are coming for what you have done. The Bible says they overcame him, that is Satan, because of their testimonies and the blood of the Lamb. Because we know there is life in the blood. And the blood of Jesus has given us life. It was the issue of the blood, which is the woman who had the blood issue. But now the blood of Jesus is the main issue that brings healing, restoration, and resurrection to the dead parts of our body, His church. Thank you, Jesus, for resurrecting us like you did for Lazarus and for bringing us back to the knowledge of your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs made for television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.